Do you struggle with self-control when it comes to your online behavior? If so, Plucky might be the filter you need. With Plucky, you decide ahead of time which sites are safe for you, and then Plucky locks in your settings to keep you from self-sabotaging in a moment of temptation. It's a self-control filter that helps your long-term intentions win out over your short-term compulsions. Take courage, take control, get Plucky. To learn more, visit PluckyFilter.com. That's Plucky, P-L-U-C-K-Y, Filter.com. Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries. Be Broken's mission is to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. In today's episode, Stephen and I will unpack a number of sexually stupid comments by men. Here's just a sampling of some of these comments. I'll keep it a secret. No one needs to know. Or, no one will get hurt. Or, my wife doesn't desire me, but the other woman does. We're going to unpack some of the immature thinking underneath these statements and offer healthier, more mature ways to think. Our hope is that this episode will help you examine your own thinking regarding your sexual brokenness and take a bold next step toward greater insight and better relationships. For helpful resources, visit BeBroken.com or check out links in today's show notes. And please rate and review the podcast after listening to help others find it. Now, let's dive into today's conversation. All right, Stephen Cervantes. Hey, I'm here. I'm feeling blessed. God is good. It's a beautiful new day. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been, uh, when we're recording this, we're kind of just starting to get into spring here in South Texas. And so Mm, the sun is out and and, uh, the the days have been really, really nice. So Great uh, walking weather. We do know that down here though that means we're just a matter of probably weeks from from it the temperature turning up quite a bit so um it's true it's true we are grateful to be indoors right now and Mm -hmm. and having the technology to be able to send these podcasts all around the world Mm. um you know i i just just a little note um i'm just so encouraged when i see where the podcast is being listened to, and so we just want to say thank you yes, because, thank you. Amazingly, there's listeners in over a hundred countries around the world, and it's just really mm. exciting to see. And one of our favorite things is when we get uh, little notes or when somebody makes a uh, a review of the podcast. Um, so we would ask that you would rate and review the podcast because what that does is it does help it to be found by more people who are looking for information like this. Good. So five stars. Yeah. Just don't waste time. Yeah. Just give us five stars. We can go to the top. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, Stephen, we are going to, we're going to try to unpack some sexually stupid comments by men. Sexually stupid <laughs> comments by men. So I've been doing counseling a long time. Oh, I yeah. love counseling and and I, I'm more and more enjoying focusing on men. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a marriage counselor by training. I love marriage counseling. I've always loved marriage counseling. But then you, you come into situations where you find somebody really stunted and not growing and stuck, and they're messing their relationship up. And so it's like there's a lot of female counselors. All the female counselors can have all the females. Give me all the males. I love males. And <laughs> And, and and this is a more recent thing because I've loved marriage counseling, but now I like really helping men get their heads on straight, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot of confusion. And where do you go to get trained to oh, yeah. think well and to have great insight? You know, it's like 
we we need to keep developing the program so that we 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 include that. How do you help people think better so they can be successful? So anyway, I listen to these guys at the Gateway Weekends in my office in other podcasts, reading books, and I thought, what if we could put together a list of what guys say? That are all kind of stupid things, and but, yet many of them say them over and over. So it's not like these are <laughs> these are plucked out of thin air as if they're not repeated often. So that and and you can hear the poor insight in these statements when you think about how deep are they, how mature, how insightful. Are. And so yeah. these are statements that guys make about keeping their sexual life a secret. And, and here's one thing I would want to say when we uh, when we kind of dive into a uh, a podcast like this where hey we're going to be giving a lot of of ideas that are poor <laughs> this this isn't so that when you realize oh man five or six of these just rattle in my I've said that it's not about shame it's about insight yeah what our hope there is is go. that if if any of these are resonating with you. Hey, we want to call you out, call you up, and, yes. and say there's help available. There's no yes. shame here. This is not about shame. Right. We're, we're not shaming any of these guys that have said this. No, we love them. Yeah. We love that they openly, honestly said things. But that's just it. We want to be honest, and we want to share some things where we realize that we hope will be helpful for increasing insight yes. and not staying stuck. So whatever flavor of your of your secret sexual stuff that you're hiding, whether it's a flirting game or meeting person or porning or whatever you are doing secret that's sexual, these are things guys say to sort of justify uh, their secret. So, hey, it's my secret. I'll just keep it to myself. Nobody needs to know. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It's just a secret. Everybody has secrets. Yeah, everybody has secrets. And, and the the uh, the challenge with this, though, is thinking that this secret is having no effect mm. on them or anyone else. And I think that's what's usually behind this idea of, hey, it's not, especially the whole thing, like nobody needs to know. Yes. As, as if carrying this around in some kind of private area of your mind or your heart is not actually affecting Yes. how you are living your life. And that's a that's a delusion. Because we know that whatever we're dwelling on in our minds and whatever we, has, has captured our hearts is going to affect how we talk, how we relate, how we respond. Yes. And isn't there an ignorance? No one needs to know. Man, I don't even want to know. I'm doing this. <laughs> so let's just all pretend it's not happening and nobody will know. And it, it just stay in the secret category over there by itself, mm-hmm. not hurting not doing anything inappropriate, you know, it's a secret. So number two, uh, I'm just going to do a little bit of this. I'm, I'm going to dabble just a little bit, then it'll be over. So it's it's not much, and so I can do a little bit, It's it's and then I'm going to wrap it up. You know, the, this makes me think of, I've heard it said, I've never actually attempted it because I think it's uh, dangerous. <laughs> I've heard it said that, you know, if, if you're, if you're dying of thirst and you're in the ocean and you start drinking the ocean water, uh. it has a, it has a sensation at first that it's saving your life. And you might be thinking, well, I'm only going to take a little bit because I just need to have some kind of water. But the reality is then it, 
creates more of a thirst because of the salt in oh. it. And so then you don't realize now I need a little bit more. I'm going to take a little bit more. I'm going to take a little bit more. And next thing you know, you're you're actually accelerating your death, you know, by drinking the salt water. And so I kind of see that here. It's like I'm just gonna. I just need a little just bit. A little I'm not, bit. But you don't realize there's something attached to that little bit yeah. that is going to actually increase your lust for more. It's going right. to increase, and you don't realize now. Now that I'm lapping it up, I'm increasing. I'm accelerating my own death. I'm accelerating the, the destruction of my soul. So, and I just I'm just going to cross the line a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna come right back. Okay. I'm, I'm not going far. I'm just going to cross a little bit, and a little bit is okay. But as you say, no, no well, little bit's going to be okay. And this is one of those things that is is where we're not being honest about what the Bible says about our own hearts. The Bible says that the heart is deceitful. Hmm. In other words, we are we're self deceiving creatures. So if I'm sitting here and I'm saying to you, or even to myself, I'm, I'm only going to do a little bit. I don't understand the de- the the degree to which my own heart will deceive me into thinking that that's actually true that I could only do a little bit and not go any further. It's like be right. honest, just be honest. Just be honest. If it's, I if I do a little bit, I'm going to do a little bit more. That's what's going to happen. Because if I'm going to go get ice cream and eat one bite, I'm going <laughs> to eat half the carton. You exactly, know what I mean? I'm, exactly. I know me. So so this guy says I met this woman and she knows me. And she loves me, and 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 she really loves me, and I've known her for three weeks. She really loved, but she really loves me. You know, it's it's so amazing because this woman, she loves me. This is what is constantly promoted in every media, entertainment avenue that we have. This idea that the flutters and flurries of mm. infatuation are telling you the truth about love. And the reality is, is you know what? Everything in the first three weeks feels amazing. <laughs> you know, if, you're, if your heart is smitten with someone. Mm. But that's not, there's not depth there. There's not, you know, this idea of this woman knows me. How can you know anybody in three weeks? You know. Yes. You know the you know the presentation. She yes. knows your presentation. Oh uh, yeah, that's. She right. doesn't really know you. No. You know, because you've been presenting what you want her to see. And in she's those three presenting weeks. what yeah. she wants to present. So there's there's two parts. She knows me, and she loves me. She. She knows me, and she loves me. And so you can't believe it's been three weeks, and oh, it's so comfortable. She knows me, and and oh my goodness, it's amazing. She loves me. We put those two together, Mm -hmm. right? And they start to seduce us. Yeah. Wow, she knows me, and she loves me. But doesn't that just mean like she left in my joke? Well. How does she know? How does anybody know anybody in three weeks mm-hmm. or six weeks? I mean, right? Anybody yeah. can play a long game here of, of pretending that I, I'm looking for something that I, I haven't had, and now you show up and, and you are the one that knows me, the one that loves me. And, and who's, who in three weeks or even in six weeks is uh, looking to challenge or contradict or push the other to grow, to change, to 
you know, because the reality is you you've been given your presentation. Your presentation is not flawed. You're not going to show your, you know, your your underbelly. Right. Um, and so the thing is, is whatever is the response, that idea of a love response is it's it's superficial. It's not actually and think about it, if you're really kind of in that infatuation stage, you're not looking to um point out flaws or to point out right. areas where you go, there could be some more growth in that area. You know, it's like even in the presentation, if you see something weak, you're gonna oh, be that's like right. you overlook it. Hey, I'm I'm into the feelings right now, not not facts. So there is no one else. Do, do you know that there's no one else that makes me feel like there's no one else on the planet? There's no one else. I found the one. There's no one else like now, this. Now, I have to tread carefully here because my <laughs> wife is the the ultimate romantic. So she kind of still sort of buys into that idea of, you know, soulmate there's only i love that i love that idea of finding a soulmate and and really growing a soulmate too is what it amounts to well we kind of have this you know we kind of have this ongoing debate where you know we both agree that listen once once a ring goes on the finger that's the one that's the soulmate (laughs) yeah you know but uh this idea of of this again is i think one of those things where you're looking through rose-colored glasses yeah that there's no one else. There's no one else that could, you know, oh, love me like I this. Oh, I found no. the one. And, you know, I look at this, and there's a part of me that, I mean, I have a sentimental bone in my body. So I, I, I look at a little bit of this, and I think there's a part of this that's got some sweetness to it. Yeah. But you know what? There's another part of this that puts an unbearable pressure on mm, that relationship. Right. Because now, if this guy has put it in his mind, this is the one, then you know what? Do everything, right? That will send back all the good, all the praise, all the right. It will only be all the best. Then two things are going to happen. That's an unbearable pressure on her. No. And it is going to create enormous disappointment oh, in him. Because true. guess what? She's not the one. Like she's not the God, the <laughs> only true. one that knows how to love perfectly. So you know what? she's gonna have she's flawed. She's got stuff that you're gonna at some point your eyes are gonna be open to, oh, I didn't know that was there. <laughs> you know. It's true. So, this is humanity. Yeah. And you're gonna run into humanity anytime you get in a relationship, right? So, okay, I can flirt a little bit, I can cross the line a little bit, I can play a little bit, because no one will get hurt. Okay, nobody's gonna be hurt. Okay, I'm reading this thing real close to being here. I got control of this so that nobody will be hurt. Yeah, and the, the, the lie in that or the stupidity in that is that it's not – I think there's a very narrow view of what that means. In other words, I think the guys that say this, and I thought this when I was in my own addiction, was no one will get hurt this close to me. In other words, my wife won't get hurt. And it was all about, hey, keep this thing tucked real tight. <coughs> but you know what that denies? The, the, the people that are already getting hurt by my consumption of whatever the pornography or whatever the lustful behaviors were. Mm-hmm. Because here's the reality. There's not, a, there's not a person in pornography that is not being hurt. 
Right. And I'm not talking about just physically, but, but I'm hurting saying, themselves. There is hurt. Right. There is pain yeah. in those who are engaged in the pornography. Oh, I see the the material, the actual, the actual the, actors, and the people that are. Yeah. There's pain in that, but you know what? Also, there's a denial here of the hurt that I'm doing to my own right. soul, my own mind. Because yes. think about it: if we're actually made in the image of God, then what am I doing? I'm hurting myself and I'm hurting those that I'm viewing because I'm turning an image bearer into an object. Mm. I'm, tur- I'm, I'm distorting the view of how I should be seeing my fellow humanity into a view that says I can consume this person without any consequence. And that's hurtful for my own mind and psyche because it can bleed into other areas where then what happens when I'm just walking through the grocery store and I see an attractive person, and I've got a porn mindset. Mm. I'm no longer walking past somebody who I see <coughs> as an equal valued image bearer of God. I'm now painting pictures in my own mind and capturing and right. grabbing and taking. So there's hurt so that's hurting going me on. and practicing bad skills and getting worse and lying to myself and thinking a little won't hurt and. And, uh, you know, it's not going to hurt anybody. That's a, that's a falsehood. And, you know, this is the woman I can bond to. Mm. Finally, I've, I'm looking for somebody to bond to. And I, I haven't been able to do it well with my wife, and <clears throat> I'm not very good at bonding, but this is the girl. This is the one. This is the image. This will I can bond to, and finally... Everything will work in my life because we have this great bond. This one will be it. And you know, the thing that's a little bit hard about unpacking this one is that um, it's it's not so easy to just flat out deny that as having any any truth. Because sometimes, hey, let's just be honest. Like we were saying, when you're in a real relationship, in a covenant relationship, in marriage, where you're saying till death do us part, mm. and you're seeing all the flaws, you're seeing all the things that you right. didn't you didn't know beforehand, and when you're actually traveling through life and things happen that you could not foresee, you could not expect uh, the yes. pains that yes. come. You know that better than anybody, Stephen. Yeah, you you can't. Um, sometimes there is, there can be things that can capture your heart in a way that it feels like I'm connected to this other person. I'm connected in this way that's not like what I'm experiencing over here. But what you're doing is you're comparing apples to oranges. It's not a one-to-one comparison. Keep what I mean on. is a lot, of this, mean? a lot of stuff we've been talking about earlier here, the one and, you know, she loves me, she knows me. Guess what? You've got a relationship with your wife over here yeah. that has scars and pain and brokenness that you are familiar with. All of these dalliances that are happening over here, mm. they don't have that same kind of yeah, history. We don't know that. What's so the reality there, yeah. is, you've got you've got apples in your marriage, and you got oranges over here. I see. What and so, see. for this person to say, I can I can really bond to her, not in the way that I can bond to my. Well, you know what? You're fooling yourself to think that you're comparing the same things. Plus, it's a danger and it's a delusion to compare anyway. Right. I think comparison is like, it can be a destroyer of all kinds of good things mm. in yourself, in relationships, whatever. If you start comparing, comparison, I, I've, I've found it almost impossible to think of a way in which 
comparison builds up a relationship. Oh, yeah. It no. always tears down. Right, finds weaknesses and flaws yeah. and brokenness. See, in this statement about I'm going to bond her finally, I don't think this guy knows how to bond because right. he's in a relationship or he's not in a relationship. Why? Because he's a poor bonder, right? But finally, the fantasy, the newness, he's finally going to figure it out. Well, look, you had a lot of chances to practice bonding and you never mm-hmm. stuck well anywhere. So you think this is it, really? I don't think so. So this thought that my wife really doesn't desire me, but this other person, uh, they desire me. You know, even you put that on porn, right? All those women, they really desire me. My wife doesn't desire me. Man, I want to be desired by someone. So even I have to make a fantasy or find somebody that looks like I'll put desire on them and go, finally, I can be the one desired. I think this goes back to that idea again of it's <clears throat> it's easy to feel like you're being desired in a different way when somebody only knows your presentation. Mm. I mean, yeah, maybe you can feel like, uh, <clears throat> you know, this other person desires me in a way that my wife doesn't. Well, yeah, that's because your wife knows all your crap, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so sometimes, let's be honest, especially if a guy is living this kind of double life, uh-huh. you know what? That's a lot of. That's really hard for his wife to show a lot of desire for a man like that. That's divided. Who's divided? There, is not is not committed. Is not poor bonder, know, faithful to her, and all yes. that. So yeah, why would she feel free and safe to express her desire for you when you're out, you know, philandering? So the next one is. She is my soulmate. We sort of alluded to this one, but I'm going to focus on it. This is my soulmate. Don't you understand? All the others were not a match. I finally found the match. This is sort of like a delusion. I want this. I want a soulmate. Delusion is it's partially real and it's partially not real. So who doesn't want a soulmate? But I'm going to put that title on you. And I'm going to make you, and, and all the while it's just a fantasy of pr- your best presentation, somebody else's best presentation, or in my head, I'm looking for someone that will just accept me for me and and be my soulmate. You know? And that's the key. I've, I've seen this happen too many times uh, that I care to remember of, of guys that have you know left their marriage because they found mm. their soulmate. And you know what? In every single one of those cases that I know of personally, their soulmate was somebody that would not challenge them. Who, who, they're, yeah. who they were calling their soulmate was essentially just somebody that was a yes person. It was a yes woman. Interesting. Because she either... And the thing is, he couldn't even see the way she was using him. Like either he had money or he had some kind of you know clout or he had some something that she really... this new person wanted. Yeah. So of course she's just going to say you can be whoever you want. You can I accept you fully. And so it was never an equal matching. And it was never something that was going to challenge him to be a man of integrity or build character or be faithful. So that's what I hear a lot of times when I hear this idea of a guy that's that's starting to lean out of his marriage because he says I found my soulmate is you just found somebody that wouldn't challenge you. Oh, that's good. That wouldn't bring you know a mirror and say, "Have you looked at what you need to deal with in yeah, your you life?" Looked at you and yeah. the flaws. Do the work, right? Right. Do the exactly. work. 
So my wife frustrates me, but this new person, they don't, they don't frustrate me. And you just answered it, right? right yeah. Your wife is going to call you out, and she, it's going to be frustrating. But so what? When you're That's what refining... we're supposed to do, right, in marriage, <laughs> is we're supposed to sharpen each other. Right. We're supposed to t- speak the truth in love. We're supposed to do these things that are meant to grow us And call each together. other higher, right? Yeah. And not settle and not be stuck in victimhood or whining or poor me or I don't have to change. No, we're, we're in a transformational refining process, and it's mm-hmm. God's job. Right, he's the announcer to the call. You're you're the responder, right? Yeah. So, but you know, it just feels so right. It just feels it just feels so so right, Jonathan. It feels right. Yeah. Well, this is one of those things where I I I'm very um, passionate about this soapbox that I like to get on <laughs> around this whole idea of follow your heart, do what feels right. And the reason is because the more I've thought about that, the more I've thought, you know what? That is actually probably the most accurate definition of hell. Mm. In other words, to go wherever your heart leads and put no boundaries on that. This feels so right. I mean, it's exactly what my heart wants. You keep going down that path long enough, and that is exactly what hell will be, is essentially God giving you over to exactly what you want. And that will lead to a place of total despair, total. So there may be a moment right now where it feels right. But you know what? I have that same moment when I try to dig into eating a gallon of ice cream. <laughs> I was just thinking of my ice cream story. It feels so it, the right. The first scoop feels good. The second one feels good. <laughs> How much can I stuff? The faster you eat, the more you can stuff. And then stuff. an hour later... <laughs> That does not feel so right anymore, right? <laughs> oh, when you get on the scale the next morning, it does not feel right. Exactly. So yeah. this is one of those, I think the, the delusion or the stupidity behind this comment is, is saying that my life is meant to be guided by my feelings. Mm. And this doesn't discount the reality or the goodness of our feelings. But if I'm saying I'm making a whole life decision Mm-hmm. Based on something feeling right or feeling good, but isn't that, isn't that just like what lust tells you, what porn tells you, what this feels so good, feels uh, so right? But but Jonathan, she captured my heart. She just she just captured me and captivated me, and she's captured me. I'm like a bird in the hand. She just captured me like no one has ever captured my heart you know i think that's actually good language because that's prison language (laughs) you're captured all right you're captured in your delusion of of thinking that again leaning out of my marriage for somebody that just infatuates me in some moments Mm. it's like that's that's childish that's immature that's um it's hurtful to yourself and to others i mean there's so many things that are not good about that Mm. And not even just because we come from a Christian worldview. Right. I mean, you can look at that just as a human and say, that's not good. That's even captured. Move, you know? I want to be set free. Yeah. You know, <laughs> exactly. I don't want to be captured. Right. right. That's a funny thing to say. Uh, but what about this woman who, she completes me. I've never felt completed. You know, uh, the, you know, my wife sort of accepts parts of me and not, but... 
but this other person accepts all of me and she sort of she completes me so I can be a whole finally I can be complete and whole you know it's yeah. interesting because I used to have the view of marriage even as a Christian that that marriage was a completion mm. and the reality is is there's only one who can complete me and that's the Lord Jesus mm. so whether I'm married single whatever the the human relationships that I have are not what complete me as a man or complete me as a person. Mm. So even in my marriage, while we are building oneness and we are building intimacy and we're meant to travel through that together, you know what? My wife does not complete me. She wasn't made to complete me. She can't complete me. Oh my goodness. You need your God to complete So think about it even all the way back in the garden. Adam didn't even know what he needed. Right. When God brought Eve to him, who actually completed him? Was it Eve? No, it was God. Oh, God God's the one who brought what he needed. Yeah. What we've somehow the way we've misinterpreted that sometimes is saying, "Oh, Eve completed him." Uh-uh. God completed him through Eve. But does that make sense? It's yeah, a little bit of yeah, a distinction. Yeah. But it was like God was the one that expressed his need and then put him together. Well, with, and you know, the, this whole conversation is a guy who hasn't thrown a lot of God in this story. Have you noticed? This whole thing is like, it's full of not God thoughts. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when you're saying, no, God will be the one that completes you. God will be the rescuer of your soul. God will save you, right? God will challenge you. God will grow you. Even says he disciplines those that he loves. Well, and that's why I think one of the themes that you're seeing through this is almost— as if a lot of these comments are about, I'm I'm looking to a woman to be my savior. Mm, yeah, like I'm looking. She loves me. She knows me. She, you know, I can bond to her. She's my soulmate. <laughs> she's my. She's captured my heart. All these things that when you think about it, it's like this guy is looking for what only God can give him. Wow, that's beautiful. That's true because because she makes me feel so good, and she says I'm good, and. And there's so much goodness around this. It's got to be good. <laughs> going, going to somebody else besides your wife has got to be good. That doesn't. That does not line up. Or creating uh, <laughs> fantasy and escaping. Right. But but it's back to that feeling good, right? And and if she says I'm so happy because you're so good, it's like, who's that good? I don't know anybody yeah. that's that good. Right, exactly. You know, yeah. we're people, right? And and really, I can't tell anyone about this because they won't understand. But I, because I see this as a good thing and a completing and a a whole thing. And and but if I tell anyone, they're gonna mess it up. So I can't tell anyone. Yeah, the reality is you can't tell anyone because then somebody might call you out on the foolishness by which you are deciding certain things in your life. Because if you tell someone and, you know, if if somebody were to come up to me and say, hey, here's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm leaning out of my marriage because I found my soulmate. You know what? <laughs> if this guy professes to be a Christian, we have a conversation that we're going to have that says that is absolutely flat out wrong. Mm. And I'm happy to walk with you and navigate with you whatever mm. restoration looks like and, and getting your head straight. But you don't want to tell anybody because they might call you out on the foolishness. So I have two more, but but look, she doesn't hurt me. She's not going to hurt me, Jonathan. She just brings good into my life. She's not, 
She doesn't hurt me. She never hurts me. She she makes me happy. This isn't about whether or not this person is going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is about are you going to make a decision in your life that's based solely on your emotions and your self-centeredness, or are you going to actually try to seek to make decisions based on how you were made by God to live and to to be? And and when you've when you've made a commitment, a covenant with your wife, you can't. You, you gotta you gotta lean into that. You but but how that. do you know that she wasn't the one sent to save me from my emotional pain? She might have been sent, but not by God. <laughs> <laughs> there is another one who does some sending, and he will send things into. I mean, Satan will send mm. opportunities into our life because he masquerades as an angel of light. But but I, I think she's going to save me. I think she's the one. Again, we've talked about it. I'm sorry. From my pain. Yeah, there's only one that can save you. She makes me better. (laughs) Yeah, well, you can can die in your delusion. (laughs) (laughs) So we've been playing roles here of, of what sexually stupid men caught up in a moment might say. And I hope if you're one of the men listening out there, you realize... These thoughts have come into your head. Yeah. We're under temptation all the time. Sexuality's crazy. The culture's crazy. Behavior, people are crazy. And the question is, will you manage your own thinking and watch your own thoughts so that you don't lie to yourself and cross the line and fall into stupid? Yeah, and just a reminder, you know, this this is not about shaming anybody. So if if these have been things in your life, or maybe you're a wife and you're seeing this in your husband— um, we want to help walk alongside you. So um, sharing these things with us, reaching out to us, is not going to get a shame response. Uh, we are grace-based in our approach around here. That's one of our core values. And every story matters because every person matters. Mm-hmm. And so we would love to hear from you and be able to help you along um, to try to correct and reverse some of this kind of thinking into the way that God designed you to live. So we look forward to seeing you back here again next time, but have a great week. And uh, we'll see you later. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.